Hi everyone, this is Kira Lawrence and I am Big Plan Engagement Lead for the UK Charity Mencap Transformation Team and I am also cousin of your favourite guitarist The Edge. I'm proud to announce that the Garden Tarts Charity of the Month for September is Mencap a charity for those with learning disabilities and their families and carers in the UK. For the month of September, a portion of the proceeds from the Garden Tarts merch store and patron sponsorship will go towards Mencap. For more information on Mencap, go to mencap.org.uk and for Garden Tart merchandise and patron information, go to thegardentarts.com. Have a great September and have a beautiful day. Hey, Hillary. Hey, Jenny. What's up? Not a whole lot. What's up with you? Oh, not much. I'm just really super stoked about today's episode. Because we have a friend. We do have a friend. A special we have guest. Special guest, an honorary garden tart for the day. Yes. Would you be our honorary garden tart? I, I would. Would you? Introducing everyone, the one and only Kira Lawrence. Yay! Yay. Hello, hello. We are so excited to have you. You're our first honorary garden tart, and you're the first guest we've had on the show that was not one of my brothers. (laughs) Oh, well, I am so delighted to be with you tonight, and I'm so pleased you agreed to let me be your guest. I'm thrilled, excited. It's lovely to meet you both. I am ready to be grilled. Yes, (laughs) bring it on. So Kira's here. We're going to talk a lot about her work at MenCap, her very close relationship, being the first cousin of our favorite guitarist, you two is The Edge. And um, all the amazing things that she's been a part of in her own personal career and ambassadorships with help spreading the word to communities. So we are so excited to have you as a guest. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Should we get right to business? Let's get right to business. Let's go for it. Well, firstly, Kira, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Uh, So hi, everybody. Um, happy Sunday. I hope everybody is well and doing good. Um, so my name is Kira Lawrence. I am a person with a learning disability, but I'm also married to my lovely husband, Mark. I live in the UK. I am the first cousin of UT's The Edge, as we all know, but also I work for some amazing charities. So MenCap, which is a UK learning disability charity. Um, I'm a trustee for a disability theatre charity called Head to Head Theatre Sensory Charity. I'm also a trustee for another charity called the Sunny Bank Trust. Um, I'm also a patron of a disability dance charity called Dance Syndrome. I'm also an ambassador for Joe's Cervical Cancer Trust and the Eve Appeal. So I keep myself very busy. I also have a lovely family. Um, That is me. (laughs) And you just celebrated an anniversary with Mark, didn't you? 
yes, we met 25 years ago this week. So, oh yes. my gosh. Congratulations. Congratulations. A long time to know someone. Yep. Yes. Hillary yes. and I have known each other that long. We've known each other Aww. for 25 years. It's probably about 27, 28 now or something. Okay. It is way something like that. Aww. But congratulations was, to you and Mark. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. It was actually fate that I went to the college I ended up going to because originally I was going to go to a college slightly nearer home and then they weren't going to run the course that I wanted to do. But then we found out Guildford College was doing the course I wanted to do. So I ended up going to Guildford and I met Mark in the student canteen. <laughs> and it was just fate. And yeah, the rest is history. Awesome. I love it. I love it. What a happy story. I know, right? As always yeah. meant to be, right? Yeah. Can you tell us more about your how you got involved with MenCap? Sure. Yes. So um, I've worked for MenCap now for 19 years. So I've been at MenCap a very, very, very long yeah. time. 20 next year. Um, so I'm very proud of that. Um, so originally I was a service user for MenCap. And what that means is that you are someone who is supported by the charity. And then after about a year of being a service user, they offered me my first ever job um, in MenCap's employment service because that's where I was doing my work experience at the time. Okay. They created like an office, part-time office role for me. And I've been in MenCap ever since. <laughs> I've had eight different jobs. Um, yeah. What an amazing opportunity to grow and just find where you belong. I love it so much. Yeah. yeah. And obviously the fact that you can then as someone with a learning disability, be able to help other people with learning disabilities that just warms my yes. heart. <laughs> um, yeah. Yes. Because when I was doing my office job in this office that I was working in while I was there, um, people who have learning disabilities were coming in to meet with people in the team who were supporting them to find work and find jobs. And so after about a two year period of me working in the office side, I started supporting some of their people with a learning disability. And it was amazing for me because I could personally relate to those people. I understood the barriers they face the negativity of the public media. I could understand everyday issues that they face like education, bullying, healthcare, transport. You know, there's such a huge list of barriers that they face in their lives. And so then I went from being a support worker to then working in our fundraising team up in London. Then I worked in our celebrity media team. So I got to work with all of our fantastic celebrity ambassadors, which was so much fun. And I did that for like eight years. And then I went into the campaigns team and I did a lot of campaigning about learning disability and campaigning for the rights of people. And now I'm in our transformation team. And my job right now is focusing on our big plan. So great. 
so great. So I read that um, that the queen is an ambassador of Mancap. Actually, the queen mother used to be a patron of Mancap. Okay. But now it's actually um, Her Royal Highness Sophie Wessex. So she is married to Prince Edward. Edward right. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, I'm very interested in English, everything. My grandfather was from London. Okay. So my roots are pretty deep there, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. And very interesting. Okay, um, so tell us about your your like day to day activity. Like, what do you do every day at work? So right now, working on the big plan, the five year big plan at Mencap, I meet with lots of groups of people with a learning disability and getting them involved in all of the wonderful projects that we're running as part of the five year big plan. So. Some of them I can't quite talk about yet because they're still a little bit kind of working in progress. Course, um, yeah. But there's lots of lovely projects going on, which I'm involved in and getting other people with a learning disability involved in. And the main message of our five-year big plan is that we want the UK to be the best place in the world for people with a learning disability to live happy, healthy lives. So we want people to be able to go out into their community, into the place they live and not be discriminated against, not be bullied, but actually have a really good time, feel equal in their community, have jobs, have good healthcare, have good education, have good access to transport, have good access to housing. So we want that to happen by five years time. So that's really, really exciting. So I'm, I've got lots of kind of projects going on around the big plan at the moment, and I'm very proud of them. So that's day to day. I'm just meeting lots of people with a learning disability and listening to their dreams and goals and trying to meet them. Right. Like chills hearing about that. Like I it just too. makes that's... me so thinking about the people in my life and the struggles that they have getting services that they need in the community that they're in and how it's like, even when it is available, it's like pulling teeth to get the funding or the right people or yeah. appointments. And just to think that you all are just working so hard yeah. for like all of the UK to make this so, so people can just live their lives and have what they need to do. So that's yes. very exciting. It's very fitting. I see it that the UK is able to do this because in this country, in the US, politics stands in front of that. Yeah. It's really unfortunate because that shouldn't be a political platform either way. Um, but in the US, it's just everything so polarized that the UK, you guys can do it. Like yeah. it's yeah. And hopefully, envious and impressive. Hopefully we can learn from you. Yes. Yeah. Because um, yeah. at the moment, we say that there are about 1.5 million people living with a learning disability in the UK right now, but more babies are being born who will have a dis learning disability. And we really want parents to have the right support right from when they're born 
all the way through their lives. And sadly, we know that healthcare professionals, when they have diagnosed that someone expecting a baby might be having a baby with a disability, it's very negative. They give them advice, which isn't always very great. And it's really sad that they feel the only thing they can do is take that negative advice. So MENCAP are there to say, actually, come and meet us, work with us. We will support you. We will give you all the advice. We'll signpost you. We'll give you information so that you and your family can live a happy, healthy life. And that what the magic and makeup is they transform lives and they've they've definitely helped change my life for the better so mencap will will even start working with parents who are expecting that's amazing really amazing it's really amazing oh my goodness do you want to highlight some of the services that mencap provides so there are a few things that are maybe your favorite or proudest or most most helpful most successful I'm not sure the best way to sure uh, ask that yeah okay so the service that I'm obviously most impressed by that we have is our employment service where we help people with a learning disability to get work and to get jobs and obviously they gave me my first job and I've been part of NCAP now for a very long time so I love our employment service because they give people like me a chance. Um, Our housing charity give people with a learning disability to have a home of their own. And I think that's incredible. Um, We have lots of projects and lots of services like a personal support service we have. So that's the biggest part of MENCAP is our personal support service. So they are all of our wonderful support workers who support people directly every day in the field and the front field front line they support people with a learning disability every day of their lives um but also we have mencap homes like mencap houses where people with a learning disability live and that's the biggest part of mencap So we always try to make sure that the support they get in those homes are the best support for them that they can be. So Mencap do lots of amazing work. If I can name all of them, I would be here until midnight. So I... (laughs) (laughs) That's why I figured, like, let's pick your favorites. Yeah. (laughs) Well, thank you. That was, that's, I'm just blown away. Like I was looking at Medcap's website and it's just so expansive, but to hear you go into detail and a lot of that stuff, like, it's just really exciting. What excited, it must be so proud so well. And obviously you're so proud of the work they do and you do, and it's just phenomenal. It's amazing. You know, I've met so many amazing people in my career who have helped shape my own career. I've met amazing people who are now friends for life. I've met people in my career who have given me advice and support and they've been there for me through my career. And now I can teach that to other people um, and the things that I've learned, I can pass it on to other people. Um, 
you know, I'm just so blessed. Um, you know, when I first came to Mencap, I didn't know what my future would be. I came from going through a really difficult time growing up in my schools that I went to. I got bullied an awful lot growing up and I still get bullied now because I'm seen as different and that's disgusting. Yeah. Um, I speak up now. I have a voice now. I have my own podcast now. I am married and I just want to earn my place in this world. And now I've done that and I can prove to people actually I'm okay I can do things just as well as anybody else but sometimes I just need extra help sometimes or extra support sometimes to do the big things that I want to do and achieve so I'm just so lucky that Mencap have given me my career and they've given me opportunities that are just incredible um and I've learned so much um and you know I you know one day I want to say okay actually now I want to leave a legacy behind for all the younger generation of young people who have a learning disability coming through I want to be able to leave a legacy behind for them that they will live in a world that's more equal, that they listen to, they're heard, they have a voice. And if I can do that, then I've done my job. It's perfect. Wonderful. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad we're having this discussion. With I you am. This I is feel amazing. super inspired right now. I know. <laughs> like we need to have another podcast about something. I know we're going to have to chat again. Right after this. <laughs> um, Okay, so what should what should people know about people that have learning disabilities? Like, I don't, you know, I, I think in daily life you don't you don't know you don't know that. Um, mm -hmm. But what should be a uh, what should be what's just something we know? Um, well, first off, now you've you've met me here on zoom tonight mm -hmm. now to look at me you don't see my learning disability you might not even be able to tell yeah, by my face all. that right. I have a learning disability right but if you were to come and spend a week with me you might see the small things that I face so it might be someone sends me a letter in the post that I don't understand. I have to get someone else to read it, to understand it, to explain it to me. Now, that for me, it might seem very small, but actually it's a really big thing. Yeah. If, if people make letters more simple, more accessible I could do it myself but sadly they this world doesn't fit people like me and the 1.5 million people living with a learning disability so when we get post and information that's hard for us to understand 
we have to get other people who support us to read things, to explain things. Whereas actually, if the world changed its attitude and changed it around, then we would fit into the world. But, you know, it's things like healthcare. Sadly, I've been to hospital appointments where doctors use big words at me to tell me about my healthcare. And I have to end up bringing my mum or my husband saying, he's just used this word with me in this appointment. I don't understand what he means. And it makes me feel like I'm two years old. And so another bit of work that Mencap is doing is we launched a healthcare campaign three years ago called Treat Me Well which was about us giving training to healthcare professionals around learning disability so that they can communicate better with people like me. So, yeah, it's, you know, we do a lot of awareness raising. We do a lot of training. We go out there and educate people. And that's what MENCAP do. That's part of our work. And we talk to the media and we try and get stories out there about people like me that are really positive. Sadly, they will 100% of the time write negative stories about us and it's all very feel sorry, but actually they are really trying now to write more positive stories about people like me and that's why I am very passionate about doing things like this so that I can have my voice heard in a positive way. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's very helpful information. Thank you for that. Yeah. You know, very, very. Yeah, we want to be, like you said, when people with learning disabilities, like they aren't in front of you or you're not living with them or in school with them or mm-hmm. part of your family, you just don't think of it because, yeah. and it's simple things like, like the posts that all of yeah. us can be helpful and supportive Yeah, if we just know to do it. We just yeah, need, yeah, absolutely. Edu- we just need the education. So yeah. thank you for that. That's very okay. helpful. So I mentioned, you know, being in school and I think you had mentioned that you went to a few different schools, right? Yeah. So what are the pros and cons of people with learning disabilities going to what we think of as a traditional school mm-hmm. versus a school that provides special education? Okay. So there is a big conversation that is still going on in the government now in 2021 around should pupils who have a disability stay within a mainstream education school or should they be segregated and put into special educational schools Now, I have my own personal view because I've had that experience, but also I have my professional view. Personally, I found mainstream education, the three schools that I went to, first two schools were mainstream standard schools. Yeah. I found life very difficult. I was in big classes. I had no support. 
They didn't give me extra time. They didn't put information in the way that I needed to me. I literally suffered at mainstream school. It wasn't until the age of 10 that a couple of things came to light when I was at school that the school suddenly said, okay, we need to have something here to help Kira. And for years they have put it down to, I was naughty, I couldn't learn, I didn't want to learn, I couldn't be bothered. But when a lady who was an educational psychologist came to my school and she met me and my teachers, she was able to pick up really quickly that I had a learning disability. So at the time, the school were not able to have extra funding to support me. So instead, I got assessed for support. And then I was taken out of my mainstream school and I left there. And I went to a special needs school where I got the right support. I had small classes. I had help all the time. And I left there with five GCSE qualifications. So, yes, I preach inclusion. I think including children together is very, very important. And I do believe in inclusion. I do preach inclusion at Mencap. And that. I do believe people should be teaching together and learning together. I think that is very, very crucial. But also, if a child is finding mainstream school life very hard, it should be down to the family and that child to decide what's best for them. So I kind of have two views. I think sometimes... Actually, if if a mainstream school can offer good support and money funding, yeah. then yes, by all means, try and stay in education that's mainstream. But if they can't, then obviously special education would then be the next kind of place for them. But it's a really hard subject. It's a really hard kind of discussion because I know lots of parents in my area who have children with a disability they are in mainstream education at the moment but their teachers the people who are teaching them haven't had the right training and so those children struggle big time whereas if the teachers had the right training and the right funding they could stay in mainstream education so it's it's kind of really hard but I have two views right? and they both make sense yeah absolutely. Total, they make total sense so that's Thanks. been a question I've I've wondered for a long time but I mean I, I guess the answer is it's per, it's per child yeah 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 and school yeah tell us about the cervical cancer charity you're involved with okay so Yes, so I'm involved with two cervical cancer charities. One is called Joe's Cervical Cancer Trust, and one is called the Eve Appeal. And I'm very proud to be an ambassador for both of them. So 
how it came about was about three years ago, a very lovely relative of mine sadly had cancer and sadly she passed away and she was quite young and it was awful. And so I had put off for ages going to go and have cervical screening. I have, I had refused to go. I was like, no, I'm not going to go. I don't want to go. This isn't for me. But when she died, I was like, I need to go now. I need to go and be checked. I need to go and be tested. And so I went and I had my first ever cervical smear test. And it wasn't half as bad as I thought it was going to be. Yes, it's not the nicest thing. <laughs> it's not the most comfortable thing. But if it's going to help save your life before the cancerous cells start, then it's worth going. Absolutely. So after I went for my cervical smear test, I was walking home and I got my phone camera out. I remember I this, video. this video. I saw it. Yeah. Yeah. And I basically said, I've just been for mine. And now I want lots of women to go for theirs. And it's had over like 140,000 views oh online. And yeah. that's incredible. And I just think if one woman has seen my video and gone for her smear test, my job is done. Yeah. Yeah. So off the back of the video, uh, Joe's Trust contacted me and I met with them for coffee. And then Eva Peel contacted me and they went out for me with coffee. And we met all together and they told me what they do. And they loved my video and asked me to be an ambassador and for me, as a woman who has a learning disability, I know that lots of women with a learning disability have been stopped from going for cervical screening. And that's not right. Oh, oh 153K apparently right now the video is. <laughs> oh, wow. Mark's just, just it updated up. me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mark. It. Thank you, wow. Mark. 153,000 apparently. <laughs> I didn't realize that your ambassadorships happened after that video. Yeah. So I remember no, I seeing that. that either. That's amazing. I know. Yeah. And, you know, it's incredible for me to be the first person with a learning disability to be an ambassador for both of them. And like, I'm so proud of that because without having that, other women with a learning disability wouldn't have the first clue in how to go and have them done. So right. I'm very, very proud of those roles. So part of my role is uh, sharing their info on social media, going to some of their events, talking up and representing people with a learning disability around cervical screening. So great. I mean, representation matters so much to see and, and hear people like you going through things and yeah. And you doing have definitely things. mastered social media. Oh my gosh, you we have. We haven't yes. quite gotten there. <laughs> like like we haven't quite gotten there yet, but your your presence on social media is mind blowing. And you know what? We talked about this at the beginning, but we never said it. But no one on this podcast is representing any organization. This is just a, a chit chat. Yeah. Yeah. 
yes. just a little reminder. Yes. So this I see as me being your guest, and I hope that's just people. That's very clear. Yeah, and we're just yeah. asking. We're asking all the questions that we would have asked you sitting around yeah. for a pint or something. Like, yeah. I mean, really? most yeah. of. I mean, if you listen to our podcast, most of what we do anyway is just talk about yeah. our lives. Like, I mean, we yeah. have you know politics, have, healthcare, and you yeah. too. <laughs> like that's it what we're drinking and you know whatever I'm I'm on, I don't know if you can see that but oh. I'm just on I'm just on coca-cola <laughs> and I, I have some nice tea ah uh, nice and I my have, Planned Parenthood mug I have nice. um I have some coffee with Bailey's and a little bit of amaretto in it I don't Lovely. usually drink coffee later than like noon but I have a really <laughs> long day my day's going to keep going for a while so Aww. yeah yeah well hopefully I've helped to brighten up your day hopefully yeah oh my well, gosh we, you definitely have so much we got a few more questions okay are you ready yes. we're going to get into the nitty-gritty now get into, yes. okay. get into it so how old were you when you went to your first U2 show okay so I was 12 years old 12 and what tour was, was that it was Zoo Roper, you know, with the cars hanging down. Yeah, we Zoo know. Roper. Um, yeah. And I remember because at the time we were living near London and we went to the show and it was at Earl's Court, which actually concerts don't happen at Earl's Court anymore like Earl's Court is no longer a concert venue because everything's okay. at the O2 now right but anyway besides the point so there was an um, arena though right it, no Earl's Court is no longer an arena um, but it, it, it was it was an arena though right it was an arena not it a was stadium an arena. okay yeah gotcha. so anyway it was at Earl's Court and I remember going and it was my very first U2 show. So, of course, I was very overexcited and I was like, this is like my first time hanging out in the U2 family at a show. Yeah. And causing chaos backstage <laughs> and running around and just being completely loud, meeting people. It was it was so much fun and getting to watch the show. It was it was lovely because I grew up with Ed, so Ed and I are 18 years apart in age, whereas our dads were 15 years in age difference. So me and Ed are 18, so only three years more, which is really interesting, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I grew up with him, he grew up with me, and so at the age of 12, I was kind of about the right age to go, and he was like, he invited me. So went and it was amazing, like seeing all the U2 fans singing back their music and songs to them. And the whole crowd just was amazing. Like when you're at a U2 concert, I soak up everything. I just watch everybody and it's amazing. And to see your family member up there doing their job, having their career on stage, it really made me want to be on the stage myself or having that kind of opportunity in my in my future to kind yeah. of have a platform my but in my own right yeah 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 
Oh, I love that so much. I I love that too. That was also um, the Zoo TV tour in North America was also my first U2 show. Oh, wow. Okay. So same tour. (laughs) It was, it was incredible. I was just a little older. (laughs) (laughs) It was incredible. And it's, it's very surreal because when you go backstage and you kind of go into these like backstage areas and it's and all your families there like all the family hang out there before the show and like you can like have drinks it's all very kind of like surreal because kind of you're not used to that um and it's lovely because you get to meet celebrities as well you get to meet people you have seen in the media um and you know I yes I was 12 at my first show yeah (laughs) that's awesome very very cool so good and I just want to this isn't a question I just want to plug that your podcast episode with Edge is just the most delightful thing to listen to like to it hear really you, is. like your relationship and just how much you love each other just comes through so clearly it is such a joy and, and it's such definitely it, hearing his voice he sounds like a different person because when he talks to you that's for real that's not celebrity yeah. that's just yeah family that's how yeah. we talk to our family yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing him with us. <laughs> oh, well, yes. Thank you. you. Know, well, you know, when I first started my podcast, I had a few other ones to start with, just to kind of warm myself yeah, into it. Yeah. And then I kind of mentioned it to him and I sort of said, look, I've got this podcast. And I told him the aim was of the podcast was to help raise awareness of learning disability, the work at Mencap that I do, and to help get kind of learning disability out there. Um, And I said, look, you know, obviously I'd love to have you on it, but I know you're really busy. You know, please say no if you can't. And I totally understand But of course he said yes, and it was wonderful. And what I really wanted is for him to come across and for me to come across that just because I'm a person with a learning disability doesn't mean I can't do anything. And I wanted to prove to everybody through that podcast that actually yes he is my cousin but I have made this podcast happen in my own name in my own right and it's and he was a guest like it wasn't like the Ed show that's what I didn't want right right. it wasn't like that yeah yeah that came across very well yeah yeah very very well and also a few years ago I used to get quite horrible messages and you know I used to go on YouTube fan sites when I was younger and some of the YouTube fans weren't very nice to me um and so I was like I kind of can use it to actually say please get to know me please see me as a person yeah um so I really wanted to do that as well and actually 
I had lovely YouTube fans tweeting me, sending me lovely messages saying they heard it and that they have seen me now as a person and they know me. And so, yeah, I, I wanted to challenge learning disability with YouTube fans. And I think a lot of YouTube fans now know about Mencap learning disability. So, yay. Absolutely. Yes. I love so, it, love it. tell me about, and this is, this is my favorite story. I actually heard you talk about it previously, but I wanted, I want our audience to hear it. Tell us about when you were on the screen as a luminary at the Joshua Tree 2017 tour. Oh, it was the most incredible moment. It was amazing. So you didn't, you didn't know about it beforehand. We knew something was up. We knew something might happen, but we didn't know what it actually was going to be. Mm -hmm. um, so before the show, we were told to go to the red zone. So right down the front. And they were like, during the show, something might happen just watch the show so I've kind of got like an inkling like a little like okay something's going on and so when the her story feature started there were all these incredible women featured on the screen and me towards the end and it was amazing it was like it wasn't his Kira learning disabled learning disability yeah it was here is Kira as a person with my photograph and it meant so much to me it meant so much to my family and it was lovely and um, my brother and my husband were with me down in the stadium at Twickenham so it was the first London show and literally we all like stood there going oh my word <laughs> I can't like, even imagine I can't imagine either so like, then of course my social media went completely <laughs> off the scale and the whole of Twickenham Stadium knew who I was so yeah it was incredible and I you know having that relationship with Edge as my cousin having that respect shown to me in a really lovely way meant the world absolutely uh, yeah yeah but I mean that um, was that was you know from him to you because yeah you know most people there wouldn't have known you know yeah. who you were so that was yeah. absolutely just a personal message from him to you which yeah. is and from the band I mean I know the band, the band all supports you like you said and it's yeah. just well and and you've earned it on your own absolutely like you said they have plenty of people in their lives that have a lot of done a lot of good in the world exactly. and they were not all up there but you were no no that's amazing um, for, for people that didn't go to the tour um I mean I know that it shows that we had in the U.S., I mean, they had Michelle Obama and Hillary Clinton and Patti Smith, and I'm, for some reason, drawing a blank and can't think of anybody. And lots like Malala and the suffragettes and, and, and yeah, yeah, um, Candy Kill. Like, like, that's a huge, to be up there, it's not just, 
you know, the fame of being up there. It's yeah. the greatest honor that, yeah. you know, oh. you're a part of, of women's history. Yeah. Um, but also what I, what I was really honored with is the other woman who I'm so glad was featured was the late MP Joe Cox. And, you know, she was up there and, you know, I had, met her in my career at Mencap I'd met her in parliament and you know what happened to her was awful so to be profiled alongside Joe Cox was such an honor um and you know women like Emma Watson Malala it was incredible I've actually um been in touch with some of the other women who were also on the screen that night we've all stayed in touch and like oh that's that. that's really <laughs> cool and it's really lovely. And for me, it was like, you know, I was part of that feature and I was one of those women and it was incredible. And actually it's really lovely because um, my brother, my older brother, he took a picture of the screen and he put it on his Facebook page and he said the comment, isn't that Kira next to Bono? And my <laughs> Facebook page then went nuts, completely sure. nuts. And like people were posting to my brother, my husband, like all my family on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. They're all like, wow, Kira's up on the screen. We've just seen her, like she's amazing. Um, and you know, it's lovely being in the U2 circle because, you know, through Mencap, obviously Edge is an ambassador for Mencap as well. So Edge is part of Mencap. He's got a role with us, which is amazing. Um, so it was a very special moment for me and my family. Um, and for Edge to do that for me was incredible. Um, and I know lots of celebrities who don't even talk about their families. And yet he done that for my family and for me. And it just, it meant a lot. So I'm very lucky. I, you know, yeah, it was, it was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Absolutely. So speaking of Edge and Mencap, and you told this on your podcast, but will you tell the story again about 10 Downing? Oh, 10 Downing. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So actually it was really lovely because at the time, David Cameron was obviously in Parliament and David Cameron was Prime Minister here in the UK. And him and his wife, Samantha Cameron, Sam Cam, they had a baby boy who was born with a disability. Sadly, he died, which was very, very sad. Yeah. So Samantha supported some disabilities while David was prime minister. So she came to Mencap and she said that she would like to host a reception for Mencap in 10 Downing Street. And we were amazed, like we couldn't believe this. And so we set up this event and it happened and Edge got invited. As what year, what year was that? Hmm? What year was that? 2013. Okay. And actually it was really lovely because it happened 
the week after my honeymoon. So Mark and I got married on the 4th of May 2013. And then we went for a week away on honeymoon. So we went to Paris for a few days and then we went to Dublin for a few days. And then we came home and like the reception event was like literally a week later. A bunch of parties. <laughs> yeah. So um, it was incredible. And obviously Ed was there as a Mencap ambassador and he talked about his relationship with me and met people at the event. And it was amazing. And I was there working. So I was like a volunteer that night. And it was incredible, like just to be in a place in London that's so iconic, so well known, you know, to be around the world. Yeah. 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 And, you know, I stood in a place that's part of UK history where all the past prime ministers have lived and worked to say that I've been in there and done an event in there, like is on my CV. And not many people get to go in there. You have to have a reason to go there. You can't just right. go there. Um, Oh, it was amazing. And Samantha Cameron, she was so lovely. She was so down to earth. She was so nice to talk to, so supportive. And it was wonderful. And again, it's one of the highlights of my career that I can say I went to 10 Downing Street and I met all these amazing people and had this amazing event and Edge was there with me and that was incredible. Um, and actually he tells the same story, like whenever he talks about me, the first thing he talks about is 10 Downing Street event. And um, afterwards, as we were leaving, we got the security guard who lives and works on the front door of the building to take a selfie of us. And so we've got this lovely picture of Edge and I outside 10 Downing Street. Oh, and like, literally, like, that's one of our pride and joys, that photo. Um, and yeah, it's... It's amazing and it's funny because obviously some of the people who were at the event didn't know that we were cousins and so obviously that night we all were chatting away and they were like we didn't even know you two were related like we just thought like Edge was like a Mencat supporter or something so <laughs> it was incredible for people to see our relationship and you know, how we communicate together and you know that we love each other as cousins and you know it was Again, an amazing opportunity, an amazing night. And I'm so fortunate to have him in my life. And I'm so blessed to have him as my cousin. And he's grown up with me. He has seen the barriers I've faced growing up. But also he sees me as a person. He sees me as his little cousin. He sees me as someone who he loves, someone who he respects. And he has seen my career with me and he's seen the good, the bad and the ugly with me and he's still there for me. And we have such a special bond that no one can take away. And I absolutely love him and I'm very blessed to have him in my life. I... Uh... I feel like we should just end right there. We're not going to. But. We're not going to, no. But, you know, I mean, Jenny and I both have really close relationships with our cousins. Like, I feel like- They're like, yeah. Very, very close relationships. And I mean, cousins are everything. 
to yeah, me. Everything. Everything. Yeah. I love that Ed says he didn't get to 10 Downing Street on his own merit. He got there on your coattails, <laughs> which is just, I mean, he's the edge from you too. <laughs> and he got to 10 Downing Street, not because, you know, of his music, not because of, yeah. you know, being near Bono realm or anything like that he got there because of you and that is just remarkable yeah you know I grew up obviously I've grown up in the U2 family circle since I was like three or four I was actually a toddler at his first wedding so I was very small when I met with him so I've technically grown up in the U2 family right um because I'm I'm going to be 42 in two weeks. So that's how long I've been in the YouTube family. Happy early birthday. Happy early birthday. You're still, you're still younger than us. So (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Um, So, you know, for me, it's, you know, for me, Edge and I have this bond of our love of music. So when I was growing up, I absolutely adored Kylie Minogue and I still adore Kylie Minogue. She's my absolute music idol. Like I absolutely love her. Yeah. So Edge makes things happen for me, but also in my career, I try to make things happen that he can come to as well and be with me at events. So we say we try and make things happen for each other you know and so one of the things he did for me is he arranged for me to meet Kylie Minogue um and it was incredible and (laughs) that's amazing you know to be able to have 15 minutes with her with him and me and her in this room on our own without anybody else around was just wonderful and to get to chat to her was incredible to get to know her was incredible and it was like talking to my best friend there was there was no me no I'm special there was nothing she was an absolute dream and they say you should never meet your idols I don't believe that for a minute neither do we we don't believe that either (laughs) so you know he makes lovely things happen for me with people that I love that he knows I love and you know I've met other people that he's arranged me to meet or he's you know they've been at one of their shows and obviously I've got to meet that person as well and that's incredible um and you know meeting people like Noel Gallagher you know, I met I'm not him sure if you can see my face, but <laughs> <laughs> and oh my god, he was actually really lovely. And oh, I'm I, sure. Yeah, you know, I had slightly prejudged him because obviously, growing up, I read about Oasis in the press. You saw views. I prejudged him a little bit, and I was like, I don't know if he's going to be nice. But actually, we sat down and chatted to him. And he was so lovely. He was so personable. And I was like, do you know what? I prejudged him and I really wish I hadn't. Yeah. Now I don't believe things that are printed about him. They're, yeah. they're just so untrue. Yeah. 
Oh, that's oh great gosh. to hear. Like he, like yeah. Oasis is my, they're my third favorite band. What are, yeah. what are my first two, Jenny? Um, I thought it, well, they were your second. Third. Because you two's your first. I, I thought we had this discussion recently and Oasis was your second. No, they're my third. Because then I said the Beatles and you were like, no. No. And not at all. I mean, they're on there, but they're, it's the police. Oh, I, yeah. <laughs> you totally said Oasis a different time. Is your I second. did not, because they're not. They're, they're, it's definitely not. Okay. Okay. Um, it threw but, me for a loop. Well, oh, we, we, go we, ahead. We met, we didn't meet, but we saw Sting one time and we had the opportunity to say hi and we just froze. Like it was just like, and he just walked by, like we had his attention and we just, we were so overwhelmed. I feel like I might be like that with Noel Gallagher too. Like <laughs> yeah, right. I couldn't say anything. Now oh. we, we have both had time. We have, speaking of meeting your idols, like we've met the members of you two. And like, I, I used to work at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and Museum in Cleveland. So I've met a lot of celebrities that come through and 99% of them are such genuine, wonderful people. You're yeah. going to get your assholes, but, but those, man, those, you two guys, Wonderful. you're, you're going to get what's, what, what's your hope. They're yeah. amazing. Amazing. Do you, do you know what? I've grown up knowing all of them and they are all so lovely. Every time I see them, every time I'm with them all, if we're in London all together, Adam and Larry always say hello to me if I'm with them or if I'm in somewhere in London with them all. Adam and Larry always say hello, how are you? Hope you're okay. Yeah. Um, Bono always gives me a hug. I have a lovely Bono hug with Bono if I see him in London. Yeah. Um, hi. Obviously, you know, I know some of their family members. I've mainly grown up with Bono, knowing Bono and his wife, Ali. Yeah. Um, and she's an absolute sweetheart. Honestly, you could not wish to meet a nicer, nicer lady. Like, she's so lovely. And actually, it's really sweet because the last U2 show we were all at together was in 2018 at the O2 in London because they had two shows there in 2018. Okay. And she was in the VIP area with all the family. So all the cousins were there, all friends were there. And Ali was literally handing out water bottles to everybody <sighs> and making sure everybody was okay. And she's so lovely like that. She looks out for everybody. I absolutely adore Ali. Like, she's so lovely. And every time I see her, she always remembers me. Bono remembers me. Adam does. Larry does. The whole U2 band have done things for Menkup as well. They've come to events when they've been in London when they can. They've given tickets off to auction for Menkup to raise money. Um, Edge has come to some visit some of our Menkup services. And he's done project visits with Menkup. So he is amazing. Um, even though Mencap isn't an official U2 charity, it's Edge's charity. Right, right. They still right. support Mencap and me as well as my U2 family. And they always try and do things for us and they, if they can. And, you know, I've grown up with them all and I could not wish to be 
in a lovelier U2 family. Like everybody is so lovely. And when the chips are down in the U2 family, they literally rally around you and they are just so lovely. And, you know, sometimes you two get a lot of criticism in the press and that's really sad. And that makes me really cross when I see my family being slated. Yeah. And the, the thing you want to do is you want to defend them. You want to reply and say, no, that's not fair, right. but it's not your place. You can't do that. And like there have been times where I've just wanted to reply to the journalist and go, mm. <laughs> we have to. Yeah. We, do the yeah. same. we do the same thing. But- so we have what we call a YouTube family. It's a big group of us. We've known each other for almost 30 years. Um, we've gone all over the world together to see you two. And we've met at concerts, like for the first, you know, someone in line with us that all of a sudden becomes a lifelong friend. We, so we say we have the YouTube family, but you actually. <laughs> she has the YouTube family. You have the YouTube family. I'm in circle. I like to say I'm in the circle. Um, yeah. Oh, you are. Yeah, do, yeah, yeah. Do you know, do you know what though? When you think about it this way, and this is really interesting, when you take away the U2 family and you have them on your own with you, they're just like anybody else. They're human like anybody else, but people put them on a pedestal and adore them, which is lovely, but actually... They are just guys having their jobs and doing their jobs and doing their career and having a nice time out of it. But they're just people like you and me. But they're just well-known and they're in the public eye. Um, So sometimes, like, when I'm with my cousin, you know, it's not... It's lovely. Like, you get to have nice places to go to. You get to meet lovely people. But actually, I've seen a not so nice side of it. And actually, sometimes it's not all VIP. Like once we were having lunch in a hotel in London, but we couldn't go out the front entrance of the hotel because of security. We literally went out the back of the hotel, through the kitchens, through the back rooms of the hotel and like the workman's entrance. And because Edge couldn't go out the front because of yeah. okay yeah and obviously I'm not used to that I I don't you know yeah. I I don't have to do that do that in my job and so I just then think of him as this is his job this is what he has to do in his job right. and it's just slightly different to mine and he's still my cousin at the end of the day yeah. so I kind of have this hat of he's just Dave my cousin sometimes when I'm with him and then he's Edge to everybody around him so like yeah it's strange because when I'm with him obviously I call him my cuz or I call him cuz and he calls me little cuz and like we have nicknames for each other which is really cute but then I then have to remember that if he's in his job and he's at a meet and greet or if he's at the show uh, or a YouTube gig I have to remember that 
is best behavior and I'm coming to see his work right like you have to be a little bit more like right behave yourself there are people around you have to share him with like a hundred other people you can't just talk to him he's really busy um so I see his life from a very nice side but also I see it where it's not so glitzy and not so glamorous but at the end of the day he puts up with it and he he's told every day where to be with who to be and he does that because that's his career and he's you know I think he's amazing so I'm yeah I see it from both sides yeah yeah there's some some quote or story that Bono told recently and he's like you know we go to the nicest restaurants but we come in through the back alley through the kitchen yeah yeah it's not the big um, red entrance. Yeah. yeah. Before we get to our next question, I just came up with a twist on this. But <laughs> so I'm sure that you can top our stories. But before we ask you a fun story about the edge, okay. Jenny, do you have a fun story about the edge? Or do you want me to give you a second and I'll tell you my fun story about the edge? <laughs> you tell your fun story first. Okay. So firstly, it's actually two little stories, but he was the first of the, all the U2s that I met. I met him in um, San Diego and I was just like, oh my God, like I can't even believe this is happening. Like, you know, from being a child and being a fan to being in front of him, it was just so surreal. And I didn't say anything. I just was like, <laughs> And uh, he went down the aisle and was giving people autographs and I kind of turned around and someone tapped me on the shoulder and I turned around and it was Edge. And he was like, here's your marker. And I'm like, it's not, I didn't, I took it, <laughs> but it wasn't my marker, <laughs> but uh-huh. I took it, but it was just so, it was really sweet because he thought yeah. he took my marker and where, who oh. cares if Edge gives you back the marker, just take it, you know? <laughs> But it was so sweet of him. Um, My other, I have a, I have a picture with him from Chicago and um, it was a really long day. It was hot outside. And um, I think Jenny has a picture from the same night. Do you, don't you? Okay. So is it from, from Pop Mart? From Pop Mart in Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. So he went to put his arm around me and I went at the same time, but our arms went like at the same place. So like, we kind of went like that and did it again. And that happened like three times. And he was like, are we dancing? And I'm like, ha ha. And then we took a picture. It's a great picture, but those are my two fun edge stories. What's, what's yours, Jenny? Uh-huh. Well, mine actually ends with my picture from that moment. So. I mentioned before that I used to work at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame here in Cleveland. And um, in 2001, the band came through and we gave them private tours and I got to give Edge his tour. So I actually have two little fun stories with that. So I spent like an hour or some with him, you know, giving, I was in the communications department doing public relations. I helped give celebrity tours and it was just absolutely delightful. I mean, he was, of course, actually pretty quiet the whole time, but really engaged in what he was looking at, what he was learning, what he was reading. But one of our, our visitor service people who's very small, old, delightful, 
little lady comes up to him and goes, oh, David, it is so lovely to meet you. He was so gracious. Like you could tell him, it was like, David, <laughs> it was cute. But after the tour, I um, grabbed that picture I have of him from 1997. And he was like, oh, this, this was a long time ago. <laughs> Basically like, we are both a lot older now. <laughs> I was like, yeah, we, we were like children then. Yeah. Oh, but it's just, I mean, an absolute delight, absolute delight. So yeah. he's always, That's always lovely. a pleasure. Always That's a pleasure. Really nice. So many fans when they meet him like will send me a message on social media saying oh I've just met your cousin or I just met him or like I met him last night or like I met him in this place and he was really really lovely and I just wanted to let you know so like whenever fans meet him the first thing they do is they message Aww. him on social media they think of you like, oh he's so lovely and like you know I mentioned you or like he mentioned you or like so whenever fans meet him now the first thing they do is I know your cousin Kira on social media. It's like I'm very well known in the YouTube fandom now. Yeah. I'm very popular. Um, so <laughs> it's lovely. Um, but I have so many lovely stories and I will be here till midnight if I had to tell them all. Um, <laughs> I won't. Um, but one particular one is a few years ago, we were all staying in Ez, in a house in Ez that Bon, like there's so, there's two summer houses, one that Bono and his family stay in and it's next door to Edge's one. So there's like two summer houses. Yeah. So we were all in Ez and we were having a family celebration party and we were having like a meal, like a dinner. And it was really funny because we were all coming to the end of dinner and I could see in my eye line that Bono was getting out of his car from coming back from somewhere like some party or something and I saw this woman following him and getting out the car and I said to my mum that looks really like Gwen Stefani from No Doubt like I'm sure that's her and it turned out it was her and so then they came over and um I met Gwen Stefani from No Doubt and I was oh like, it's so strange. <laughs> oh, Kira, you're killing me. <laughs> oh my God. I'm, like, I'm just sitting here having this meal with my family and now I'm like chatting to Gwen Stefani and she was really lovely and like, it was so surreal. Like when you're with your family, you don't expect those kind of things to happen. And yeah. like you get introduced, you get to chat and you know then I became a fan of No Doubt like I bought their album when I got home and you know I follow her on social media now and you know she's again she's so well known um and like it's so surreal and it's like we always giggle like we always have like this oh my god like we just met this person and like they're really <laughs> lovely um Again, a lovely, lovely story. Um, when we were in Ez, Edge hired some jet skis and we all went jet skiing on the Mediterranean. And like my mum was a bit like, oh, I don't know, Kira, whether you can jet ski. And Edge was like, well, she can come on my jet ski. We'll be on the same one together. So me and Edge were zipping around the Mediterranean on the jet ski together. And I was just like, 
I wonder if there's any photographers around. Like, I might get in the paper doing this. <laughs> and it's so funny. Like, you get to do, like, these lovely things, but it's so surreal. Um, and even going to the cinema with him a few years ago when I was in Dublin on holiday, he took me and his daughters. We all went to the cinema together. Um, and obviously, I'm very... I used to be very close to his daughters, but they're all grown up now. They've got their own babies now. They're all married and settled, which is lovely. So yeah, they're all they're all mums now. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Um, all the family. It's amazing. Like you know, I I can say I was in the original Evans family circle. I like to think that. Um, whereas our family has obviously changed over the years and. Right. We've lost people, but we've gained people. And so, yeah, um, it's just brilliant to be in the E2 family. Like, you get to bounce around and meet people, have lovely things happen, get to do really surreal things. And, you know, but at the end of the day, he's my cousin. He's just like me, but he's just got a career in the public eye. And yeah. I'm very lucky to be part of that. <laughs> Oh, there I love that. Are. Oh, those are great stories. <laughs> so Do you want to ask the last question, Jenny? Okay. It's a doozy. This are is the ready? big one. <laughs> okay, what is your favorite U2 album? Joshua Tree. Oh, that was a quick one. <laughs> quick. Mine too. That's also Hillary's. I will tell you why my favorite is the Joshua Tree. Okay. Because it was my very first album that I got given signed, but also my first U2 t-shirt was a t-shirt with the Joshua Tree logo on and Ed signed it to my cousin Love Edge and I've still got it. It's at my mum's house. Yeah. Um, and like, and it's all wrapped away all really nicely, like in a box. Um, and so, yeah, I would say Joshua Tree because um, obviously I grew up, watching Edge and U2 on Top of the Pops. So I used to watch Top of the Pops all the time because they were on it all the time in the 80s. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I would have to say without a doubt, the Joshua Tree. And also back in the 80s, I was too young to go to the original Joshua Tree tour in the UK, whereas I got to go to the 30th anniversary of the Joshua yeah. Tree tour. And to hear those songs live, was incredible um so i'd have to say the joshua tree album is my favorite like all of them are great i i try not to have favorites but that it's is my favorite um but i do love all their other albums i've got all of them i've got every cd every tape um but i also do love songs for certain reasons like beautiful day i absolutely love and for a few different reasons with or without you, um, City of Blinding Lights, um, Elevation, Vertigo. Um, Vertigo is one of my favorites because I saw them perform that at an award ceremony I was at with them and they were performing that and it was incredible. Yeah. Um, Live Eight I got to go to and they performed with Paul McCartney and that was amazing watching that. Um, so yeah, like I love all of their music. I, you know, I'm not just saying that because I know them, but their music means so much to lots of people, but I love it because I've grown up listening to them or 
I have moments where I remember where I was when I first heard that song or that album. Um, and actually, a few years ago, when Mark and I were staying with Edge at his house in Dublin, he has um, uh, like a surround like sound. surround sound, and he played one of the um, songs potential singles to us. It hadn't come out by that point. Yeah. He didn't even have a name, but he played it to us. So I was a bit like his sound, like kind of advisor. So we listened to the track and he was like, what do you think, Kira? What do you think, Mark? And we were like, yeah, if this gets released, it will go to number one. Like this is a really awesome track. So he would then send me tracks. So I would listen to them and I would give him my feedback. So I was a bit of a guinea pig. I have been a guinea pig with some of the YouTube yeah. singles. Um, so yeah, um, those also, those are lovely moments to have with him because if they do get released, I can say I was part of that. So yeah, <laughs> great. <laughs> I, do you remember what song that ended up being? No, I cannot remember. Yeah. Remember. It is funny we hear, like, I know for Hillary and I and just the fandom in general, like, people's favorite album tends to be the one, it's nostalgia, right? And favorite songs, or it depends where you were, when you heard it, what was going on. Yeah. And it's so much about the song, but also so much about the experience you're having when you hear it. So, yeah. I mean, it's lovely now, like, obviously, um, Ultraviolet Light My Way. Of now, course. I didn't really know that track until the night of the U2 London show with the Her Story feature. And now I love that song because yeah. it was you being at Twickenham. So, at that show. So, I now have U2 songs that mean certain things to me as a person as well. Um, And moments where I remember things and nice moments. So yeah, I get to occasionally go, yeah, that's a hit or no, no, no. Um, So yeah, I get to sometimes hear things before they go out. I love well, that. It's it's interesting with Ultraviolet because um, I tend not to like singles for some reason I don't know I just I'm I kind of like deeper cuts I I tend to go for those songs but and Beautiful Day is a wonderful song but it was by no means you know a favorite of mine until Jenny and I went to Dublin and saw it was my birthday actually it was on my birthday we had we have a few kind of weird connections but we got Red Zone I mean, front rail at the yeah. We got we got hooked up. I mean, it was (laughs) we got hooked up. And uh, Bono during beautiful day, he walked past us, and I thought I saw him. Like, look, I mean, because we go to a lot of shows. Yeah. Um, you know, for many many years, Jenny, you know, has gotten correspondence from Bono before. Um, you know, he seems to know who we are and anyway it was my birthday and during beautiful day Bono came right over stood right in front of us sang specifically to Jenny and then specifically oh. to me and and it was my birthday oh, that's <laughs> and really- so it, that song took on a whole new life for me yeah after oh, that moment 100%. Like, it's I like was, that's, it's our song like, now yeah I was you me and Bono was, it's our song yeah, yeah, three of us. Yeah. Um, but it, it never was before. Like I that it was 
a great song that I heard on the radio nonstop for, you know, many, many, many years. And then it, it just has a new life now that I hear that song and I'm like, oh my God, he's saying to us. I have that. I have that with certain songs. And I always go, I remember that song because of this, or I remember that song because of that moment yeah. or it was with him. Um, yeah, I, I have that same thing that you two fans have. Of It's like, oh my God, I remember that. And it brings back memories and it brings back the places that I was at. And it's so lovely. And, you know, to to hear those songs at a show being sung back to them is amazing. Like I remember the Twickenham show and I remember when Streets got performed and they were playing Streets and literally all the YouTube fans in the crowd were singing Streets back to them. And they must get like, oh my God, this is amazing. Like our fans are singing this tune back at us. And for me, I sing along and I'm like, I'm like watching the crowd's reaction and it's amazing and it's like, I'm part of this. I'm, you know, we'll be talking about this forever. And it's so wonderful. And like, I absolutely love being part of that crowd. Like when everybody's in it together, it's such a lovely feeling. It's like a big family. So yeah, yeah. Um, it's, yeah. I have certain songs which I, I love and I have certain lovely memories of. And yeah, and I, I sometimes, I'm like, I wish I could be like on there with them. Like I'd love to be up on that stage with them one day. So like, hopefully that will happen at some time, but yeah. <laughs> Everything can happen, Kira. Everything, Everything. can happen. Because just when we think, you know, we, we've gotten, you know, this is as cool as it gets then something cooler happens. So yeah, who yeah. knows? Who knows? Yeah. But yeah. Awesome. So we, we've frequently on our podcast say if you know you two or are you two we say hi so clearly you know you two and please relay that we say hi (laughs) (laughs) of course I will like it's funny sometimes because like obviously I know all of their PAs privately and professionally so like every so often like I'll email all their PAs going oh like what are you up to and say hi for me and like that's lovely when I'm in YouTube family like I've also know most of them because I've grown up with their YouTube management team so I know yeah. most of them um so like I always like email every so often just go hi what's Adam up to what's Larry up to what's Ed up to what's Bono up to so like I keep in touch with all the PAs just to kind of see if they're in London or if like yeah them. And so yeah of course next time I talk to them all I will definitely say hi thank you thank you <laughs> from us the garden coach thank you it's just that's just like an ongoing joke on our on our podcast um, if, you, if you know if you are you two or know if you, you know too. bono or our bono if you know the edge or are the edge like that's we i don't know that's just our and okay. what is it we say so we always say that one day we're gonna sit down and have whiskey and cake with bono what is it we're gonna have with we're gonna have um sake and sushi sake okay. and sushi is that it or sake yeah something like that it's sake and stuff. Definitely promote your podcast. I will promote your podcast to their PAs. I will I, I will promote you guys. Thank you. Oh, thank, thank you, you. Kira. <laughs> That's not expected. No, probably. not at all. Honestly, but we also won't we say just no. want we just <laughs> wanted you because we're a fan of you. And oh. you know, we've followed you on 
Twitter, Instagram for a while. You just yeah. personally, we're both very drawn into pink, sparkly things. Yeah. <laughs> like if I'm in a, if I'm in a store and I see something pink and sparkly, I'm I go. going for it. <laughs> I want that. It's amazing. Well, so you share our you share our motto, but um, you're just. I don't know. We've been a fa- we've both been a fan for a while. It's just you're very inspirational. You're very Thank cool. Thank you. Um, I'm just honored it, that you asked to come chat with us. You know, it's it's really important for me as a media spokespeople spokesperson for people with a learning disability to get opportunities to speak up to have a voice about learning disability. And so I'm just really thrilled that you said yes to me and that, you know, we can use this to help raise awareness, which is so important. So I just want to say thank you for having me on. It means it really does obviously mean the world to me when I can have these opportunities. So just thank you for having me. Like I really hope we can use this podcast and challenge some attitudes, change some stigma and yeah, team I mean, garden tart. Garden tarts. We well, this- um. I mean, I know that I feel much more enlightened and aware of yeah. you know, people this with learning really disabilities. Yeah, me too. I, I very really educational. appreciate it. Um, and uh, anytime you want to come back, anytime. Give give us a yell. Uh, yeah. we, honorary we, garden tart. Honorary garden tart. Um, amazing and if anybody wants to know more about mencap go to www.mencap.org.uk um that's our website and if anybody wants to follow mencap on social media on twitter it's at mencap underscore charity and we're at mencap on instagram and we've also now got a mencap tiktok account so we are all over socials so please come and find out more about mencap and come and meet people with a learning disability like me because we can tell you what it's like to have a learning disability and change your mind awesome if you you, uh follow us if you follow the garden parts please right now follow mencap because it's yeah very inspirational right. very and, powerful organization yeah and our charity of the month is mencap so yeah. part of the, <laughs> part of the proceeds from our merch stand and from our patreon page will come to mencap um, for September. so please this month buy uh merch buy merch become a patron become a patron on patreon all those details are in the show notes below and right. as you know, I mean, every month we pick, we have a charity of the month. Um, and uh, we're just very honored that you are with us this month. Yeah. And we could have Mencap as, as our charity so of the much. month. Thank you so, so much. It means the world. So I will say thank you and goodbye. Yes, thank, thank you. Goodbye. You so it's much, been an Kira. absolute delight. Bye, Kira. We'll see I you again see soon. You. Okay. Bye. 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 Okay, well, that was amazing. Amazing. You- uh, we have a new best friend. We definitely do. I love her so much. So. Oh my gosh, amazing. Okay, I got to go process all of that. <laughs> and in the meantime, everyone, I hope you enjoyed the app. We hope to have Kira back again soon. It's our. It's my favorite app. Uh, uh, easily. Ever. And uh, but until next time.
May your music be loud and your whiskey be strong. Kira! Woohoo! Woohoo! Edge on a jet ski. <laughs> I, I went with my cousin, my first cousin on a jet ski one time, and it was not remarkable. I've never mentioned it until this very moment. Oh, there you go. Well, apparently her experience trumps yours. Yes, it does. <laughs> well, good night. Good night, everyone. Good night. Thanks for listening. Hey there listeners, Jenny here from The Garden Tarts. And if you are a major YouTube fan, which I am assuming you are if you are listening to this, then you are also aware of Bono's work with the organization's Red and One. It is absolutely imperative that we give them all the support we can right now, especially right now, as they are not only dealing with the AIDS epidemic that they have been fighting for years, but now the COVID-19 pandemic as well. So check out one.org and red.org and see how you can help.